Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Welcome to a very special episode of The Prosper Project, one that has been five months in the making. In the spring of 2021, the trend of employees leaving their jobs across industries became known as the Great Resignation. By fall, it became better known as the Great Reassessment. In the dark hours of the pandemic, as individuals thought about what mattered most, many realized that their priorities had shifted and that work was going to have to shift to accommodate those new priorities. Research by the Pew Center and many others that I will not list found that many people reported wanting to do something different from what they had done before the pandemic. But what bothered me was that through all this research, all this hypothesizing focused on people who were employees in someone else's business. No one talked to or about entrepreneurs. So I did. My research is somewhat anecdotal, of course, but from last November through mid-April, in masterminds and more than 30 individual conversations with women entrepreneurs, I uncovered some very interesting trends, and I'm excited to share five of them with you today. So number one, hustle, grind, and busy are no longer badges of honor. Instead, Women entrepreneurs are in pursuit of simplicity and leaning into their feminine energy. This is evident by less concern about being on all the social media channels, doing all the things, or wearing all the hats. For example, social media exhaustion reflects the negative perceptions of individuals on social media. And there were several studies that support what I heard firsthand. These negative impacts included stress, anxiety, tiredness, boredom, and depression. Women entrepreneurs are also wising up to the fact that leaders in the online space who appear to be showing up everywhere actually have teams of people doing most of that work for them. Solopreneurs with one assistant or even a small team can't possibly keep up with doing all the things. I found more evidence of an entrepreneurial reassessment in an overwhelming desire from nearly every woman I spoke with to streamline work into fewer hours. The reasons for this varied from raising children or caring for others to just simply desiring more time for passions and hobbies. The truth is that entrepreneurs, like employees, answer to many different people and they desire more freedom in their lives. 
I heard from business owners, including ones with bricks and mortar locations, that just like employees across the country, they are also prioritizing flexibility and virtual work. So here I have to interject a personal story. One of those entrepreneurs is me. Last December, my husband and I sold the building, which we called Prosper Place, that we purchased in 2018 for my agency. And this was a really bittersweet experience for me as I'd rented a space for several years before I bought that building. But our team had outgrown that rented space. This new space had not only become a source of pride for me, but a place where real connection happened. Connection among members of Team Prosper, connection with our clients, and with the close-knit community around our office. And yet, during the pandemic, I was reminded that working from home days were typically more productive, which resulted in fewer hours in the actual workday. Not driving to an office every day gave me a bit more time while substantially reducing my daily carbon footprint, which is something that matters a lot to me. So when I talked to other members of my team in 2021, last year, it seems longer and shorter at the same time, they reported the same thing, that they missed the connection, but they felt really good about working from home that it enabled them to make the adjustments that they needed throughout their day if they needed to attend to another responsibility while still having enough time to get their work done because they actually didn't have to spend the time commuting or deal with interruptions during the day. So we went ahead and sold the building and we've been remote since last December. During even 2021, when we were remote, we expanded our team beyond Ohio to include people in Boston and outside the Detroit area. Since then, we've added a team member that is outside of Charlotte. And so it's allowed us to have team members in more places. And while we can't all get together locally like we used to, the reality is that that our business serves people across North America. So limiting our team to only people in Northeast Ohio only made sense in the sense that we could get together in person much more readily. Another change that entrepreneurs are making, myself included, is scaling back their social media presence in general. So I did this because I was managing my personal brand across platforms. I didn't have someone doing it for me. I never have. And I'm still there, but I'm there less often. And frankly, it feels like I've had a weight taken off my shoulders. So the second discovery is that as entrepreneurs abandon the extreme focus that's required for the hustle, they're talking about seeing what's been just out of sight and it's not good. So when we're hustling, we're wearing kind of blinders, like everything is about getting the creative strategy for the new client or doing a launch to bring new people into a program. And so you have to have a sense of focus during that particular period. But the problem is that many women were adapting that as their way to be rather than a way to be for a short period of time. And so when you're wearing that focus, just like 
an animal with blinders on, you can't see what's in your peripheral vision. So I'm using that figuratively to say that the things just beyond that focus were not being taken care of. The silver lining is that the women I spoke with are doing something about those things. Sometimes it was physical health that was being neglected and more entrepreneurs report going sober, eating better, and exercising more. More women are also talking about the mental health issues they've experienced as women entrepreneurs trying to do business like men do. So in episode six of this podcast, Alison Chavez shared how being in our feminine energy is actually good for our businesses. Because when we're out of alignment with our true selves, we hurt. Women also report putting more time into their relationships, whether that's with spouses, families, or friends, where things weren't quite as strong as they had previously thought. The third trend I found is that going it alone is being replaced by masterminds and collaborations with other entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs report that they are craving a connection and that this craving connection is focused on connecting with other entrepreneurs. So think about it. Employees can find peers in their places of work. Entrepreneurs cannot. As a result, entrepreneurship is a ship of one. In episode 12, I interviewed Julie Stenberg and she spoke in depth about this. We also know that one advisor or one business coach can't have all the answers. So we're joining groups where we can connect with other entrepreneurs to learn and to teach and to grow together. My fourth theme is that women entrepreneurs are actively looking to work with people who share their values. So to be clear, given a choice, everyone would probably prefer to work with people who share their values. But in the end, it remains a preference rather than a necessity. No longer, women like Judy Weber, my guest on last week's episode, is upfront about her desire to work with women who are Christian. At my agency, we declare that we welcome the change makers, the firebrands, the visionaries, the forces for nature. Nine out of 10 of our clients are seeking to make a direct social or environmental impact. The fifth and final trend I discovered is that more women entrepreneurs are prioritizing how they feel rather than how much they want to make. This discovery is actually what inspired my podcast. The Prosper Project is about uncovering how different entrepreneurs define and pursue success. Each of us has a unique vision for what we want our lives to look like. And our business is only one part of that vision. The vision itself is driven by what feelings we want to experience, whether that's freedom, joy, beauty, wholeness, passion, love. When we discern what we want to feel, we can begin to see the light we need to create to experience those feelings. So this episode is called Your Great Reassessment. I hope that you'll go through these five things. If you didn't write them down, that you'll go back and maybe re-listen to this episode and write down these five discoveries and think about how they might apply to you. 
But wait, there's more because these are not the only insights I gained through my research. If you'd like to learn more about your great reassessment, the trends I found, and how you can make them work for you, send an email to connect at prosperforpurpose.com and put in the subject line your great reassessment. I'll be sharing more about these insights and how you can incorporate them into your own business. Thanks so much for being here with me today, and I'll see you next week on The Prosper Project. At Prosper for Purpose, we have a team of strategists and storytellers who are experienced marketers, accredited PR counselors, and published writers with an average of 16 years of experience. To find out what we can do for you, email connect at prosperforpurpose.com and put free consult in the subject line. Someone from our team will respond within 24 hours.